Amen. Hello, good afternoon, church. Good afternoon, church. I know you guys went to bed late, but you had a whole morning, a whole day, and if you didn't have, if you don't have kids, then you have no excuse. You could have slept all day. So, good afternoon. <laughs> I have kids, so I have an excuse. Good afternoon. Happy New Year. All right. What an amazing time. It is so beautiful to just be in the presence of God and worship Him. On the first day of the year, I was looking over at Pedro's mom. If you don't know who was singing here, it was Pedro and his sister, his younger sister, Miriana. There are three siblings. But today it was Pedro and his sister who lives in Paris, and she's here. And I was looking at their mom, just holding her grandchild, seeing her children sing. Her heart must be exploding as she begins the year. But what, what a privilege it is to praise our God. Amen. So the first couple of weeks of every new year are a bit surreal, right? I mean, it's 2023. It takes us a few weeks to really accept the fact that it's a new year. We have to program or reprogram our minds to write the correct date. Where I mean, our iPhones do all the work for us nowadays, but, but it takes us a, a little while to recalibrate and accept that, that life goes on, that 2022 is truly gone and in the past, that we keep aging and that life keeps moving at a rapid speed and it's because of this rapid speed that Ruben and I have this tradition of usually um, we don't get a lot of breaks throughout the year but usually between Christmas and New Year's we make it a point to take a break to take a week and really just spend some family time away and, and slow down before things speed up again and so this past week we went to the Algarve for a mini holiday with our two girls Jody and Skye they're three and one um, and we went to a place where the sun has a clear preference for that population and we were able to enjoy the beaches the Brits and the French they thought it was summer and so they were tanning and going into the ocean as, as you do <laughs> but we were able to enjoy we had a few near death experiences with our girls of just jumping off sofas and walking right into walls while looking at the TV in the other opposite direction um, we spent hours and hours of the past week trying to convince them to sleep and to eat what normal humans love to do on holidays. Um, but we really got to enjoy time with them and, and laugh with them and be silly with them and sometimes just sit and watch them and be so grateful for the gift that they are in our lives. And as the week went by, Ruben and I also got time to talk and to pray and to think about the past year and pray about the coming year. Ruben and I have been married for almost six years. It's going to be six years in June. Yes, you can applaud. You can clap for that. Praise Jesus. Um, but actually, in fact, we are also going to celebrate six years of the Lisbon Project, which is the organization where we support migrants and refugees throughout the week here. And we're also going to celebrate in this year six years of Riverside Lisbon because we planned to the church and we started the organization almost exactly a month before we got married. And so we just, we praise God. The past six years have been the most challenging, <laughs> the 
most beautiful, the most intensely amazing years of our lives. And it is a privilege to do what we do and to serve you and to lead the church. And so as we thought about this Sunday as a couple and as a family, we asked God what it was that he wanted to speak to us and what it was that he wanted to speak to our church, what it was that he wanted to speak to you today. And whether you are part of this church or whether this is your first time or maybe you're just coming by and you're, you're off to somewhere else in the world, we really believe that this message is for you as well. So on one of the days, we found ourselves watching or looking at wedding photos <laughs> and watching our wedding vows. Most people don't have that just on their phones, but my husband is extremely technological, one of the many qualities he has. And so he just popped up our wedding vows and, and we started looking at our, our wedding video. Um, just the, the, I would show you a little bit, but the levels of cheesiness in our vows are just extreme. And so <laughs> there was a consistent crack and a shine in our eyes, and somehow I managed to get McDonald's into my vows. <laughs> Don't ask. There was a clear tone of innocence and naiveness, as most vows tend to have. But one thing was evident. We were all in. We were all in to the covenant that we were making, to the commitment that we were making. We were becoming one that day, not fully understanding what that meant, but fully committed to a lifetime of finding out together. And so as we look to this Sunday and to this new year, we ask God for revelation of what does he want to speak to us now? And what does he have for us as we step into 2023? And so today we're going to share a message together. And hopefully I'm not going to spend too much time so that Ruben gets some time to also speak. <laughs> it's a trend in our family. Um, but I don't, know, I don't know how you stepped into 2023. I don't know how you stepped into this new year when the clock hit 12, if you were just jumping with excitement, raising your glass, dancing, seeing fireworks, just so excited and filled with enthusiasm of the new that a new year brings with new resolutions and goals. And my cousin was in labor yesterday, and so I'm sure that as the clock hit 12 that she stepped into the new year with levels of extreme physical pain from the amazing, beautiful things she just done, and also just with her heart overwhelmed with the joy of meeting her new baby son. Maybe some of you stepped in without any strong feelings. It is what it is. It's another day, another year. Nothing much to add to it. Others stepped into the new year carrying the same burdens of yesterday, carrying the same worries, the same sadness, the same heartaches of yesterday, not quite jumping with excitement or feeling very joyful at all. But here's the thing. Regardless of your mood as you step into 2023, we want to tell you that this is a great year simply because God is with us. This is a great year. You have to tell yourself that because it is the truth this afternoon. This is a great year simply because God is with us. And regardless of what is going on in your life, he is all in with you. You have all his love. You have all his patience. You have all his grace. You have all of his forgiveness in his heart. He has made a covenant with you and his heart is 
passionately committed to doing radically amazing things in us and through us. And so our invitation to you today and what we felt deeply in our hearts to, to, for us as a church is that we would respond to this amazing, <coughs> amazing God with an amazing commitment, an amazing covenant, an amazing love that we would respond to him by simply leaning in. We ask you and we invite you and we challenge you to lean in, to lean into the heart of God. That's our message title, as you can see in this beautiful artwork that my husband also made, one of his many qualities. <laughs> but that's our message title, that's our prayer, that's our vision for this year, lean in. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. The prayer is not to lean into your own intelligence and your own wisdom this year. The prayer is not to lean into your own plans, your own resources, your own experience or logic. The prayer is to fully lean in to God. Lean in to the one who has all the wisdom, who has all the resources, who has all the understanding. How many of you know that the God that we sing to, the God that we just praise together as a church, he is alive and he is moving. He is always moving. He's not some static idol. He's not just a, some statue that we bring offerings to. He is almighty God and he is always working. He is always drawing people closer to him. Last week I preached that he is always drawing people and reconciling people to his heart of love. He is always renewing. He is always restoring. He is always bringing light to darkness and hope to the hopeless. He is always moving. Can you say that? He is always moving. He is always moving. And then Jesus, he fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah 61. And in Luke chapter 4, the Bible says that he walks into the temple and he says, this is what I came to do, to proclaim the good news to the poor, to open the eyes of the blind and to set the oppressed free. The gospels are filled with encounters where Jesus transforms, where Jesus heals, where Jesus brings freedom. And at one point in John 14, Jesus gives us these inspiring and exciting words. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Now there is so much to, to say and to unpack about this verse, but Reuben does have to preach today and so I'm going to try to be brief. <laughs> but the first thing I want you to, to know this morning to hear is that God wants to use your life to do his works. Notice how in this verse, it's not restricted to, to pastors and apostles. He doesn't say, oh, now listen up, worship leaders. Now listen up, those who speak really well, or, or just the pastors, or just the prophets, or just those who will pray healing. No, that's not what he says. He says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Anyone who believes in me. Whether your life is in order right now, or whether it's just a complete chaos and it's confusing. Whether you feel ready or completely unprepared to do the works of Jesus. Whether you feel qualified or deeply untalented, God wants to use you to do the same works of Jesus. Every single one of you in this room. So the question begs to be asked, what works? 
Jesus did so many miracles. He raised people from the dead. He fed the 5,000. He walked on water. He healed the cripples. And the list goes on and on. Will you do all that and more? Well, you might have the privilege of living the miraculous by faith. I know that I've been able, by the grace of God, to, to live the miraculous by faith. But we misunderstand this verse when we think we're just going to do more miracles than Jesus. We're going to do more spectacular miracles than Jesus. I don't think that's what he meant. And in the context of scripture, what Jesus meant is that we will do works like him that ultimately point people to Jesus himself and to faith in him. Whatever works Jesus had in mind in this verse, they point to him. He says in John 10, 25, Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. Everything Jesus did was to glorify the Father and to reconcile people to the Father's heart. And so why greater? Why greater works? We get a clue at the end of this verse, and this is my interpretation. Because Jesus says, I am going to the Father. And on his way, we know that he was going to die on the cross, that he was going to be raised and fully pay the price for our sins. He would ascend to heaven and he would send the Holy Spirit. Until then, people lived their salvation in the anticipation of the promise of a coming Redeemer. But now you and I, we get to receive and to preach the forgiveness of sins, the reconciliation of people to their creator in an already crucified, already risen, already reigning Christ that dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. What an amazing privilege. What an honor that we get to proclaim the good news, that we get to pray that the captives would be set free, that we would get to pray that, that the blind would be able to see because Jesus has done it all and it is finished. And we can point people to his name that people would be reconciled to their creator that loves them with a passionate, unconditional love. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You and I were created to glorify the Father, and we were given a purpose, a ministry of reconciliation. In James, we read that faith without works is dead. And so your words of proclaiming who God is in your life to people around you, they need to be backed up with a life that shouts his glory through your actions, through your choices, through your decisions, through your attitudes. And for that, we need to lean in. Because God is up to something. God is always moving. God is always working, and he's inviting you into it. He wants to use you in your workplace. He wants to use you in your family. He wants to use you in your friendships. He wants to use you in your university. He wants to use you in your valleys, in your lowest moments, and he wants to use you in the mountaintops. He wants to use you to glorify his name and to, to bring him glory in the most unexpected places, with the most unexpected people, in the most unexpected ways, but you have to lean in. Lean in. What are you doing, God? Lean in. What are you up to, God? Can I, can I just take a part of it? Can I just participate? Can you just use me, God? Just send me. Just use me. Just open up my mouth. Give me the words, God. Holy Spirit, give me the gifts of the Spirit that I may just experience the power of God that 
others may see who he is and be reconciled. That is the privilege that you get to live in 2023. And if that doesn't excite you, if that doesn't fill you with meaning, if that doesn't fill you with purpose, then I don't know what does. We have the privilege of leaning in to what God is already doing. Oh, that's exciting. Lean in. Don't hold back. Don't trust your own logic above your faith in Christ. One of the most beautiful stories of the Bible is the story of Joseph. And I can't go through the whole story, but I mean, this guy's life was insane. And if you haven't read it, I challenge you to read it in Genesis. But the poor guy, he couldn't catch a break. He was sold by his brothers. He was accused even though he was innocent and he was thrown in jail. Every time he tried to help people, they would just return the favor by forgetting about him and not really helping him out. Just one thing out of, after another, but in every circumstance, Joseph leaned into God. He put his trust in God. He searched the will of God. His story is inspiring and God ended up using his life to save thousands of people from famine in the land of Egypt. And towards the end of his stories, I just want to get to this one scene. Towards the end of his story, this roller coaster of a story where God has used him in amazing ways to bless people, we get to this one scene where his brothers are before him, the same brothers who hurt him and who, who sold him into slavery, just unleashing this series of events, unfortunate events. And now he is second in command and his brothers stand before him and they are scared because their father has passed away and they think, oh no, now our brother is going to finally take revenge on us. And so they're afraid of him. But this is what Joseph says to them. He says, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I, should pun that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. My question for you is, what is the position that God is bringing to you to to save the lives of many people? What is the position that God is bringing you to to save the lives of many people? Because that is what God is doing constantly, all the time, saving the lives of many people. And he wants you to partner with him in this ministry. One of the things that I love about Joseph is that in every circumstance, he looked to be a blessing. He leaned into God, not just when he was second in command over all of Egypt. The Apostle Paul is another great example of someone who leaned into God. I mean, this guy, he left his career. He left everything he had to follow an unknown path, to just surrender and give it all to Jesus. And he says, and I quote him, he says that he counted all his qualifications, all of his achievements, anything that he could be proud of in this earth, he counts it as garbage next to the privilege of being a Christian and being able to partner with Jesus and pointing people to Jesus and reconciling people to the Father. That's an amazing life. Paul lived an extremely challenging and yet an extremely exhilarating life. In 2023, will you lean in to God? That he may lead you to the works that he has prepared for you to bear witness about him. If I'm honest, the year ahead, and if I think about it for too long, it, it looks a little daunting. We lead the Lisbon Project, and, and we lead the church, and have I mentioned that I have two toddlers under the age of three? <laughs> it looks a little daunting, but regardless of my limitations, I want to go all in 
with a God who goes all in with me. And I want to lean not on my own understanding, but jump into the things that God has in store with faith that he will never let us down, that he will never disappoint those who place their trust in him. And so maybe you're sitting here and you're uncertain about your job this year. Or maybe you're worried about your financial life. Maybe you're uncertain about where you should live or what you should be doing at this point. Maybe you're praying about the one who hasn't come along yet. Maybe you're praying about having children. Whatever is going on, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. And whatever path he shows you will always lead to himself. And ultimately will always lead others around you to him too. Lean in and experience the love of God. See the power of God at work in your life to bear witness to him, even in your lowest moment. God used Moses, an insecure public speaker, to save many lives. God used Jonah, a stubborn and self-righteous prophet, to save many lives. God used Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just three simple friends, bonded by this unity of faith to demonstrate his power and to save many lives as he reconciled people to himself. God used Mary, a simple woman, imperfect in so many ways, to give birth to the Savior of the world and save many lives. God used Peter, this impulsive man that we all know all too well, to save many lives, and I could go one person after another. They jumped onto what God was already doing, reconciling and drawing people to himself. Will you just lean into his will, his works that he has prepared for you in 2023, and see the glory of God. Lean in to the purpose of reconciliation that he has created you for. Amen. Amen. She deserves it. You can. And I want to second that and um, really do say that I really appreciate the way um, that the Lord has been leading us in these uh, past six years. And another year is, is so exciting for us to think about everything that God has done. I don't think a single year has passed ever since we started Riverside Lisbon where God hasn't surprised us throughout the year. And I do believe that in your own life, the same has happened. There hasn't passed one year that God hasn't done more over and above anything that you could have planned for your own life. And we're talking and about leaning in and this commitment that we have to the works of God, to the works that God is doing the works that God is actively pursuing in this world. And I recently finished a book that speaks about pastoring. And the best way, and this book is, was saying that the best way to shepherd others is by bringing the word of God through our own lives, not just through our words. You see, we can tell the nicest words about Scripture, but if it's not something that you can see in myself, if you cannot see that in Gab, if you cannot see it in Pedro, and everyone that shares the word of God in this place, we're going to be public speakers. We're going to be doing public speaking, but we're not going to be shepherding. We're not going to be sharing the word of God. 
When we do not see Christ's likeness behind words, there is an emptiness to the message of the gospel because people won't be seeing us living in it. A Christian life is one that others cannot just inspire, um, cannot just inspire others, but also aspire others to imitation. And Paul said a very curious verse in 1 Corinthians 1.11. It's not a very hard verse to memorize, not just because it has lots of ones, but it's a very short verse of the Bible. It says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. This verse not only shows Paul's level of commitment in demonstrating Christ-likeness in his daily actions, as he is able to tell others They can not only hear the gospel, but they can see the gospel through his own life, but also his own individual commitment to the process of transformation of his inner being. Lean in is not just to the works of Jesus through him. Lean in is a commitment to the works of Jesus in him. Gabby mentioned Mary and Peter and and David, and we could talk about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and not every other godly person in the Bible. What they had all in common was their openness to the work that God wanted to do in them, not just through them. They wanted to see more of God in their lives. They wanted to see more of God in their personalities, in their dreams, in their plans in their relationships. Because believe me, when we, I say, because no one goes off to change the world by staying the same. So Paul is saying, I need to keep focusing on Jesus. You need to keep focusing on Jesus. Paul needs to continue to imitate Christ because it means he's not there yet. And we are not there yet. And I know that sometimes I get discouraged about it. And I do believe that you as well sometimes. But listen to what Paul has to say in Romans 12. Beautiful chapter in the Bible. Paul says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Can you say that with me? Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he finds acceptable. This is, say with me, this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Say, a new person by changing changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It may not seem like it, but Paul is making a very emotional appeal. He is pleading, he is begging the church, those who belong to Jesus, to give their bodies to God. Now, we speak a lot about giving our hearts to God, right? 
Every single week, every single conversation we have with people, we say, give your heart to Jesus. God is interested in your heart. Your heart needs Christ in it. But the word of God actually goes much farther. Give your entire bodies to God. Why? Because this is the offering that pleases him. People that surrender everything in them and about them. And what is God going to do with such offering? Such holy, such wonderful offering. He is going to make it into a new person. He wants to make a new you. In 2023, God is setting the goal. He wants a new you. He wants a new Reuben. Now, don't get me wrong. God loves you immensely. Those of you who are married, you already have a spirit, spiritual revelation of this truth. You get married as you are, but you can only remain married if you are committed to a process of change. Can I hear an amen? I'm not very convinced. Probably married, many unmarried people in this place. Can I hear the married people say Amen. Marriage makes us better because it exposes us. It shows us what we need to work on at all times. So it's not a surprise that for this relationship between God and us to work, the most important relationship in your life, God doesn't need to change. But we need a change. You need a change. And it all starts when you allow God to start changing the way you think. But wait a minute. I think, therefore, I am. I know I need a change. I can admit freely that there's many things I'd like to change about me. Let's start with my body. Let's start with my physique. Let's start by going to the gym. And maybe uh, I can respond better to people. I can try to avoid being cranky. I can do better in many things, but thinking is who I am. Well, that's exactly what the Word of God is saying that we need to let go. We know that we are flawed, but deep down, we all just love so much of who we are. That's why the, what the Word of God says, if you love others as you love yourself, that's good enough. Because, boy, we love ourselves. We take care of ourselves. We take offense with people say bad things about us. We do not admit that someone steps on our foot. How much more telling us that we are wrong? But loving yourself according to God's word also means this in verse 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. You know why? The first thing God wants you to do is to start thinking differently about yourself. 
2023, the first thing God is calling us to do is to start thinking differently about ourselves. Because the warning is this, we tend to think we are better than we really are. We say, I am fine. I'm okay. I got this. I can do this on my own. I can figure things out. And I think most of us hate to admit that we are not okay when we're not okay. We hate to admit that we need help. And not just before God, because with God, we can still try to be humble enough. And, and in the quietness of our bedroom, we can say those words, God, I'm, I'm kind of in a hard place. God, you know all things. Please help me. But imagine confessing that to other people. That's where it's really, it really hurts. Thinking about admitting to others that we're struggling with sin. That we don't know how to love someone or spouse or our family or our children. That we don't know how to forgive. That we don't know how to reconcile a broken relationship. That we don't know how to overcome a trauma the pain that we're dealing with, or the fears that are haunting us. So before we're ready to begin this year looking outwards to the works that God wants to do through us, we need to start looking inwards with honesty, with integrity, and doing it by the faith that God has already given us. This means that if you have faith in God, you can trust in him. You can lean into him. You can commit to him and to a process of personal transformation. Lean in, this expression in the dictionary means to commit completely or more fully to something, especially when faced with difficulty or resistance, because you will experience difficulty and resistance. When you accept the process that God wants to take you in, Paul was far from perfect, but he was committed. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 says, It's not that I have already reached this goal. Paul admits, or have already been perfected. It's not true. But he says, but I pursue it so that I may grab hold of it because Christ grabbed hold of me for just this purpose. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Imperfect as Paul was, still he strived for Christ's perfection. It just feels a little bit crazy to me still that the bar that God set for us is Jesus Christ. If God had told you, you need to be a little bit more like Reuben, man, it's not that hard. I can teach you. My wife can tell all about it, about what it's like being Reuben. But God has set the bar in Christ. Christ himself. What is the standard that you're setting for yourself? 
The only standard that is applicable to your life and to my life is Jesus. God wants you to be more like Christ. It's a very high standard. But that's the calling, that's the plan, and that's the kind of a miracle that God wants to produce in your life this year. This is the kind of miracle that God wants to keep doing in your life this year. So how do you do it based on this passage? How do you commit to it? First, imitate those who imitate Christ. If you see Christ's likeness in someone... If you can identify Christ-likeness in a fellow believer, it means that the same God that produced that kind of life in them is the same God that can produce that life in you. The same God that was faithful to work in somebody else's life is the same God that is faithful to work in your life. You're not more special or not more complicated than anyone else here in this room. Don't be fooled thinking it's a personality thing. It's what God does in those that have an open heart to him. And second, you learn from those who live this way. In this process, you are going to need others. And we quote Psalm 121. No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Me and God, we're the majority. We can handle this. I have God. He is my refuge. He is my strength. My fellow believers are there, and it's nice to worship with them. It's nice to sing songs with them. It's nice to be in a worship band. It's nice to have a place to go during the weekend life groups. It's nice to have company in Christian life. But I only need Jesus. I only need God. If this is the way that you are living your gospel, your gospel is incomplete. Your gospel is incomplete if there is no space for others to contribute to the, God, the work that God is doing in your life. Gospel isn't just about you and God. It's about you. It's about God. And it's about others. And God will use others to help you be who he called you to be. People will teach you things that you, that you still do not know. The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 16, Therefore confess your sins to God also. But what is James saying here? Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed god wants us to help each other in times of struggle god wants us to help each other in times of sin scripture commands it bear with one another's burden so that that way you will be fulfilling the law of christ when you ask someone else to help you bear a burden, you are giving them an opportunity to serve God and to share Christ's love with you. And I know that we avoid asking for help. And the main reason and the main word is this one, fear. 
We have fear that we will be a burden to others. We have fear that others will judge us, will not understand what we're going through. We are, we have, are fearful that others will think, start thinking differently about us. We have fear that we will be rejected. And I admit that imperfect people helping imperfect people is not going to be a perfect process. When you open yourself to others, yes, you will have a lot of help, but you will probably also suffer. Nevertheless, it's the necessary process. Fear will never let you lean in. Fear will never let you move on, press on, fully commit to the work that God wants to do in you. First John chapter 4, verse 18, this beautiful verse, where God's love is, there is no fear. Can you say no fear? Because God's perfect love drives out fear. I want to invite the worship team to come as we close. This year, 2023, can be so many things. I'm always excited personally about all the potential that a new year gives. And I'm so happy that on the first day of January, we get to be together, to think about God, to confess whatever we need to confess before God to analyze our hearts, to understand what is God asking me to do in this coming year. And in this new year, yes, we need to aspire to become more like Christ. But we need to be willing to walk the talk. And according to what Jesus said, this process isn't glamorous anything but glamorous. Jesus used the wor a word, a specific word for this process of what God is doing in your life. You know what it is? He called it a cross. Luke 9, 23, then Jesus said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. What is your cross? Your cross is not your own set of problems and difficulties in this world. Jesus said in this world, we're going to have difficulties. That's not your cross. Our cross is daily giving up our own way. Daily giving up our own way. Daily surrendering our bodies. Our hearts, yes. But our minds, our thinking, our plans, our dreams, our purpose, our salaries, our homes. What do you need to give up to be able to embrace more of Christ this year? How can you commit to the work that God wants to start or wants to continue to do in your life?